Okay, you guys. So today we're going to do something a little different. We're going to talk about um like a little story time of sorts. Uh we're going to talk about my time growing up like a part in my life that I'm sure a lot of black girls experienced. So, I was born in Detroit. Um spent like half of my life in Detroit, half of them in the suburb of Detroit. And, uh, I spent a lot of my formative years in the suburb of Detroit. And, as we all know about suburban life, it is very diverse. So, coming from the hood, moving to the suburbs, it was a, it was a little different. The kids hanging out, things like that. So, I had all types of friends. I had black friends, white friends, Asian, Spanish, whatever. Um, so I moved back to Detroit about when I was like nine years old. Then from nine to 13, I moved back to the suburbs and that's where I got moving back and forth between the suburbs and the city, the inner city. It developed my my sense of self or my attraction to other people because you're attracted to what you see all the time. So not only did I like little black boys, but then I liked little white boys. And that was pretty cool, pretty cool thing. Um I was around them in Taylor, so which was the sub the suburb that I grew up in. And that didn't it didn't bother me. It didn't bother my mom. Because my grandfather, his mother was uh, biracial, so it didn't bother them at all. Um, what it did bother was the little white boys that I liked. And as a kid, well, you know, teenager, preteen, whatever, 13 years old, in uh, eighth grade, I liked a little kid. Uh, he was a white kid. And so I had some friends and I was like, oh, yeah, I like him. And they were like, why? You're black. And at that point, it never struck me as that being an issue. Like I couldn't like somebody that was white or different than I was because I was black. So I asked the kid, I'm like, what does that mean? Cause I'm because I'm black. What does that have to do about anything? Oh, well, that's wrong. And mind you, we're in eighth grade. This was two thousand and three, I believe. So I'm like, are you serious? When half of the kids at that school were bi were biracial. So I'm just like, okay. I thought that was odd, but that wasn't the kid I liked. It was the group of kids that were in my class that I kind of hung out with. So I talked to the kid that I liked, you know, typical awkward preteen girl, and I'm just like, okay, oh well, oh I like so I this is what I did because I was too much of a chicken shit. I named some random white kid in our class that wasn't the guy that I liked, and I go, you do you you hang out with him? And he was like, no. I was like, oh okay. He was like, why? I was like, cause I think he's cute. I was like, you think he would think I was cute? And then he was like, yeah, but he doesn't like black girls like that, I don't think. And I was like, well, do you? 
And he was like, yeah, it's, you're pretty cool as friends. And then when I say my heart dropped to the bottom of my stomach, I'm like, I'm thinking as friends. As friends. And then, you know, totally went home, had a meltdown, you know, typical shit. I'm like, mom, nobody would like me. And she was like, why? I'm like, because I'm black. And her look on her face, it was like she didn't know how to explain that part to me because it didn't make sense to her either. That in 2003, in the early 2000s, that it was still that type of bigotry, I guess, you know, you would say, going on amongst kids. So... And I was like, oh, I kind of, you know, went through middle school, had little crushes here and there, didn't really, you know, date or any of that thing, which, you know, eighth grade isn't necessarily, but that's when you go on group dates, I guess. I'm not sure. So, because there was people that I knew in sixth grade that were having sex, but that's a whole different story. So anyway... I, at this time, I'm in ninth grade, and I started to be big into online, the, Amer- the American, or what is it, America Online, you know, AOL, and you need to dial up that today's kids will never know about, sitting there waiting hours, almost hours to feel like if you had a bad connection, don't let nobody call in or call your house phone when that came on. Like, when you're trying to get on the internet. Oh, my God. But, anyway, that's a different story. So, I was big into that. Talking to all different kinds of people. Because I was raised the only child. I am my mom's only child. So, I'm sitting there. Dilly-dallying all over the internet. Blah, blah, blah. And then, that's when I started talking to people that. I usually otherwise wouldn't meet, wouldn't have met. I, it was on, like, actually in Detroit. Like, it was dudes in Detroit, dudes in, you know, not just in Michigan. And I'm just like, oh, okay, which I kind of felt awkward about it. Like, I felt like, oh, my God, I'm so pathetic. Like, I can't even talk to anybody that lives right, right here, right next to me, right next door. And I'll tell you why about that in a second. So, um, you know what? I'll talk about that now. I've always been the type to have friends of any race. So, I used to hang out with the, the white girls that lived next to me, lived around in my in my neighborhood, and there were lots of black guys, lots of black guys. And lots of black girls, you know, like I said, diverse area, except for the black girls that the black guys wanted were ones that were skinny or they had big titties, big ass, and they had um, wraps, silk wraps, or they had weave or whatever have you, and then you get to the white girls. 
white girls would literally be the same shape as I was. And I'm chunky, but I'm short, so it looks awkward. I carry all my fat in the middle, unfortunately. Apples for life. <laughs> but anyway, so they would overlook me. And I remember this one kid that I had the biggest crush on. I remember him telling me, he was like, I only want to date a, a white girl. Now, he wasn't biracial or anything, so it's not like, you know, he grew up with that. He came from the city. And unfortunately, you run into a lot of those issues where the, these these hood rats, because I'm going to call them hood rats. These hood rats, these male hood rats, go around talking about, oh, I want a snow bunny. I want me a white chick. Or this and this and that and the other. And it's like, so you overlook... You got the one issue, so you overlook a black woman because you want somebody specifically for their color. Then, on the other aspect, these you're objectifying these women. Like, these women have feelings, too. Just because they're white doesn't mean that they don't have feelings, either. You know what I mean? And, I'm not there talking to y'all like we having a conversation. Anyway, so... That hurt my feelings, but I didn't, I didn't understand, like, why that happened. And then it made me look into myself because I'm like, well, I mean, there's nothing I can do. I can't change myself. I, I'm like, but maybe it's something wrong with me. Not thinking it was their ignorance. Like now looking back on it, I can't you can't change your color. I mean it's 2018, so you could do a lot, but you can't I mean, for me, it's not feasible to change my color. So but then I wanted to be anything it made me feel and it, it made me feel ashamed to be black. And I'm not dark brown skin, I'm not medium brown skin, I'm not pale, I'm not fair skin, I'm in between. So, I felt like, if I'm going through this, just imagine girls that are darker than me, just imagine girls that are way lighter than me, that are black, that are biracial, going through the same things. Because, of course, I got called a oh, white girl because I pronounce my T's and I pronounce my R's at the ends of words or whatever have you. And then, or you get called white girl because of your complexion. And it's like, that's rude. Like, that's rude. Like, not saying being, being white is rude, but it's kind of like you're making fun of me and calling me something that I'm not. Like, they would they would say, oh, yeah, white girl, or you a white girl, or you talk white, or you act white. How? 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 Because I was raised to know how to vocalize myself, or vocalize my problems, or um, have a conversation because that's what I taught my own child and he can hold a he can hold a conversation with an adult easily so well, why is that what why are you saying to yourself you're not good enough because you can't do the things that I'm doing 
because you you talk a certain way so so you know you real black you true black that's true black no that's that makes no sense at all or because i'm i pretty much grew up mostly in the suburbs i'm not black no i get told every fucking day i get shown every fucking day that i'm black at the age of Three years old, my mom was walking across the parking lot of a strip mall, and some and someone that was didn't want to wait for me to get across the street told her, "You need to move, fucking nigger." So every day, every day, I'm getting shown. Ever since a little child, I've been shown that I am black. My struggle is not any less than your struggle because of my complexion. My struggle isn't any less of your struggle because of how I talk, how I sound. My struggle for sure ain't any less than your struggle because of where I live. So... That's an issue in our community. And... Growing up, that made me hate myself more because I'm like, why are they making fun of me? I'm black too. Why are they calling me something that I'm not? Why are they treating me like this? Then why they over, why, you know, especially as a girl, as a teenage girl, you get, you get so boy crazy. You know what I mean? And you're just like, you just want a boy to notice you. And I've always, always been, because I'm down to earth, I've always been like that little sister or best friend type to all types of guys. And, you know, then I, I mean, I'm sitting there like, oh, well, then you pick this girl and you pick this girl and you pick that girl. But what about me? What about me? What about me? And I guess maybe it was a sort of, insecurity or not having enough confidence in myself to be like i don't give a fuck you should want to choose me and if you don't choose me oh well uh you're lost but i didn't have that i didn't have that at all and maybe that was coming from not growing up with a father in the house not having that sense of security or confidence that only a father can give a daughter and that's a whole nother story but growing up I didn't want to be because dudes would always say even till now and I'm 29 years old even till this day dudes will come up and say oh my god you're so beautiful are you mixed am I mixed so in order for me to be beautiful, I have to be mixed. Now, if I was brown skin, would I still be beautiful? If I was chocolate, would I still be beautiful? No, because I'm mixed, because I have other types of features from other races and cultures. I must be, I must be mixed, but I'm beautiful. I'm beautiful because of that. Instead of going, you know what? I really like your smile. You're so beautiful. Or your personality is like the shit. Like, it's just so beautiful. You radiate this something about you. No. Are you mixed? You're so you're so beautiful. Are you mixed? Like, 
the struggles that I had to grow up as a kid because I used to, I remember on the internet, especially Black Planet, because y'all, my millennials, my my millennials that's, you know, in their 30s, late 20s, know about that Black Planet. And I used to sit up there and tell everybody that, oh yeah, I was Dominican. Because I'm like, well, yeah, they come dark. So I could pass as that. Oh, yeah, no, 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 I'm Cuban. Oh, do you speak Spanish? No, because we all know there's some Americanized Spanish people that don't speak Spanish, and that's fine. And I used to come up with all types of stuff just so I could be something other than black. But getting older, I'm proud to be who I am. I'm proud to be me. I'm proud to know that I'm black and I come from a culture of women that had no other choice but to be strong their whole lives. Especially being an American black, an African American, um, a, a black person in, in America. Our history goes back to overcoming Oppression, trying to overcome oppression, getting our men taken from us, giving, getting our children ripped out of our arms and taking care of someone else's kid and breastfeeding them when we just had our own babies. But they're being sold to the next house, to the next plantation, to the next master, getting our men ripped from us. Getting beat, getting raped. My grandfather, my grandfather's mother, her mother. So that would that make me? What would that make that? Um, grandfather, great grandmother, great great grandmother. She was raped. She was a slave. She was raped by the 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 plantation master, the plantation owner, whatever you want to call it. She was raped. But she still, she still stood strong. Like all of us, a lot of us have that in our history. And I just wish so many, so many young black girls, like you are beautiful. You are beautiful. Your nappy hair doesn't, just because it does not grow down your ass, just because it is not silky smooth, just because it is not spiral curls. Crinkled curls, whatever have you. You are beautiful. You are beautiful. You are beautiful. I wish I could tell myself that. That's what I would tell my 13-year-old self. You are beautiful. Because no matter what, just thinking about everything that I had to go through, how many other girls go through things worse than I did. There's girls out there being raped by their fathers, being beat on by their boyfriends, and they're only like 15, 16, whatever have you. And they feel like shit. They feel like less than. The whole, I'm so glad that there's a lot of positive images about how we look in the media. But back in the day, I mean, I'm one of them girls that have no ass. No ass at all. 
no ass at a flat screen for real. And because I didn't have an ass, and I don't have big titties, I still would get called white girl. And that made me feel like you're objectifying me. You're degrading me on a different level, like to my face. Like you're saying it backhanded, like I'm not going to notice it. But then they did the people would say it so so just effortlessly. And this is not to down any white women because white women got ass too. So I don't know what that's about, but it just made and no one ever talked about me being fat. That was never I mean, be, you know, besides the girls that would sit up there and talk shit and be like, oh, fat bitch. I'm like, okay, I could lose weight. You know, classic comebacks. But no one ever really talked about me being fat. It was always my complexion. It was always how I talked. It was always me not having the quote-unquote typical black girl shape. Like, But then you got to think about it. I, I just got the revelation of that is that time period where you had tip drill and you had all these videos with the video hoes and mystical and you had the super heads in the video and you had the well, that is super head. I was going to say Corinne Stephens. That is super head. Um, you had Melissa Ford. You had all these women. That pay for their bodies, but because they were and then they were in the video shaking their ass, looking this way, looking that way. These men are thinking, yeah, that's how you're supposed to look. That's that's a black woman. That's how. Like, come on now, you got these little girls out here having permanent fucking yeast infections from wearing tight ass pants, pushing a muffin top up, looking like a deflated, um, fucking swimming pool, all because they want to look like they got an ass, all because you can you can notice them which thank god i haven't been that way i was always like i'm fat and i'm gonna ask and somebody like it if not okay i'm not about to be uncomfortable shit not me because i remember that basement parties good old times basement parties girls walk around with the crest jeans on the crest jeans or the and Nietzsche's or the academics tight as fuck and then it's a belt on top of that and then they shirt it up cause you know the hip roll contest and I'm just like that shit look uncomfortable my like my nigga that shit look very uncomfortable but you know it is what it is because I'm so glad for this generation is coming up that we got out of that but I know it's a lot of us that some kind of way, one point of or another, felt insecure, felt ashamed to be black, felt like there was something wrong, felt like it was a target on our backs, felt like less than, and we still feel that way. It's still some of us that still feel that way. Because, yes, there is a target on our backs. Yes, a lot of bigotry that is still deep 
deeply rooted in this country try to show us that we're less than. But we're tired. Like, we're tired. We're tired of it. My generation, these millennials, we're fucking tired. We're tired of being in poverty. We're tired of fucking growing up with all this gang violence because of the drugs from Reaganomics being dropped into the inner cities. Like, the Reagan, that's, that's another show. Because the Reagan era was the downfall of the black community. Um... I'm, you know, rambling, of course, that's what it sounds like, but I just want to, hopefully some little black girl, some black woman that could relate, anyone that could relate, that could sympathize, that could empathize with my story, just know you're beautiful, no, no color shaming, no fat shaming, no, no shaming anything. Pour into yourself as women. Pour into yourself. We are creators. We have the equipment. We walk around with the equipment. To house and create life. To give life. We are part creators. Do not feel less than. Never feel less than. Always love yourself and you are enough.